The Compare To Podcast is part of the Spark Media Network, now available on the Edify Podcast app. Grab the Edify app in your Google Play Store or on the Apple Podcasts app. You will be so glad you did. Hey there, friends. Heather Creekmore here. Happy summer. Today, I'm coming at you with a quick podcast episode with 20 ways to feel lighter this summer. And some of these are just super practical tips for you. And then others are more spiritual and just a little bit more in that category, which is what you come to accept expect from this show. But I hope you'll listen today because I think there's no reason to not enjoy the summer because of the way you feel about your body. So my goal in this episode is to help you prepare your heart for the season ahead so that you can enjoy it. Hey, before we get to the episode, don't forget that I am here for you. If you need some coaching this summer, grab a time on my calendar. I'm not doing another group until September. So if group coaching is of more interest to you, you can just drop me a message at heather at compared to who.me or go to the group coaching site on my webpage on compared to who.me and just look for the coaching tab. You can learn more about it there. But I would love to connect with you. It's a great honor for me to be able to coach women. And I would consider it an honor to be able to walk with you through wherever you're at in your body image journey. So check out the opportunities for coaching. Again, they're all at compareto.me. Just go to that coaching tab and you can find out more. Now, here's today's show. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Okay. Oh, yay. I love summer. I really do. But sometimes I do things to myself. Self that makes summer more miserable. And so here are 20 different things I thought about that I think can help us all have a better summer. Because the reality is, if it's your body image that is ruining, quote unquote, or stealing joy from your summer, you need to understand, first of all, that your body image is separate from your actual body. Like we talked about in the last episode, looking good in a swimsuit. Yeah, I have friends that wear teeny tiny sizes and friends that wear much larger sizes in the double digits. And neither one of them feels completely content with their bodies in swimwear or summer wear, right? So this isn't about your body. It's about your heart and it's about your brain. And although a lot of popular psychologists say that, like, this is just a thinking problem, we can just reorient our thinking, change our thinking, 
Yeah, we do need to change our thinking, but I think it's more than changing our thinking, right? Because the Bible tells us in Romans uh, 12 that we need to renew our minds, transform our thoughts, right? And that's, that's not just like I said in the last episode, that's not Jedi mind tricks. That's not just like chanting to ourselves, I am pretty, I am good enough, I am thin enough, right? No, that's about really starting to believe the gospel, let the gospel grow in our hearts to the point where we see the whole world differently because we see it through the lens of scripture. We see beauty the way the word defines it instead of the way the world defines it. Friends, scripture transforms everything. And so if you're at that place where you're like, okay, I am ready to feel different about my body, then my first like hint, tip, what did I call them? Tips. My first tip for you going into summer is be in the word. Yes, my friend. I know you're like, I didn't realize that read your Bible was going to be on the 20 tips for having a better summer list, but it's, it's kind of number one, right? Because that is what is going to determine how you are viewing yourself and those around you all summer long. So read your Bible. And if you need a place to start, read Genesis 29, because I love the story of Rachel and Leah. And there's another episode that I've done recently talking about misunderstood women of the Bible with my friend Mary DeMuth, and we talk about Leah more. But understanding that Rachel was hot and Leah was not, and that didn't mean a perfect life for Rachel, and it still meant that Leah had great purpose. I think it's an amazing story. So read your Bible and check out Genesis 29. It's really Genesis 29 to like 31. And remember that... God's view is not only different than ours, but maybe even more trustworthy than ours. Oh, that hurts a little bit, but we don't always view things rightly. He does. So find out what he says about you and your value and what he says about the world around us. Okay. The next one, number two, break up with your mirror. Yes, my friend. Your mirror may not be helping you out. Now, you might want to go check out the episode I did with Jennifer Strickland. She's a model. It's called The Model and the Mirror Fast. It was part of our Model April. I still wish it could have been Model March. (laughs) It was part of the Model April series. And Jen talked about how she went on a 40-day mirror fast when she had a really bad bout of acne. And that's what God asked her to do, to stop looking in the mirror and how people at the end of it were like, wow, you're so radiant. You're so beautiful. What have you been doing? And she still had the acne, but she had been dwelling on Jesus. She had been studying the word. She had spent less time studying her face and more time studying the beauty of God And what a difference it made in her life. Okay, so how do you break up with your mirror? I think you just need to, first of all, start being aware of how much you use the mirror. Some of you are probably mirror checking multiple times an hour without even recognizing it. And so it does take some practice. One practice that I do, especially, listen up, y'all, especially if I am like at a water park or at a pool or at the beach, 
like when I'm wearing a swimsuit and I go into a restroom, that is not the time to be mirror checking, my friends. In fact, I do not look up. I mean, maybe for just a second to see like how much mascara is smudged around my eyes (laughs) or how crazy my hair is from the wind. But I tried not to look at myself in a full length mirror, like in the middle of the day while I am in a swimsuit scenario. And there's a very intentional reason for that. There is nothing I'm going to see in that mirror that is going to make my day any better. It's just the facts. There is no way I'm going to come away from staring in the mirror at my body in a swimsuit and think, oh, wow, I look great. I should totally like walk with more confidence and feel better about my day and myself because of how great I look. That's just not going to happen, okay? And so instead, the best way for me to keep my eyes focused on where my confidence really comes from, which is Jesus, is to not stare at myself. Okay, so that's that's extra free advice. And I think it's really good advice because it has helped me so much. In fact, I tell the story on the blog of this one time when I was having a great day, just not thinking about my body, just, you know, like able to enjoy being out in the sun, wearing a swimsuit. And I washed my hands in the bathroom and I didn't really look in the mirror and I'm leaving the bathroom and I turned around and y'all who know the story of Lot's wife and she turned around and she turned to a pillar of salt. Like I felt like it was a Lot's wife moment for me. (laughs) Like probably would have been better if I had turned into a pillar of salt right then (laughs) because I turned around and I saw the back of myself in that swimsuit and my joy was gone. (laughs) My day was ruined. Okay. Ruined might be a slight exaggeration, but I did not really want to go back out there. I was trying to figure out why I went into the bathroom without all of my clothing over my swimsuit. And, you know, and the mental gymnastics began like, ugh, you look so awful. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to change this? Okay. You can't have this happen again. Like how are you going to change your body? So you don't have to face yourself in the mirror with this body again. Right. But all that's just a lie, too, because friends, guess what? We're all aging. And the older I get, the more I recognize that just making my body bounce back to where I want it to be is not even an option on the table anymore. So the best thing to do is break up with the mirror. It does not define you anyway. Look and make sure that pieces of your you know, that that things that need to be tucked in are tucked in (laughs) and things that shouldn't be exposed are not exposed. Okay. Do those checks, but then avert your eyes and, and move on with your day. Staring in the mirror has never helped anyone feel better. Okay. The next one is kind of similar. I I think you need to back away from the scales, my friend. You know, if you're still weighing all the time, it may be time for you to think about getting some coaching or maybe it's a full-blown eating disorder you need some help for. And I can recommend some awesome non-diet dietitians that can help you on that front. But if there's a little box on your bathroom floor that's telling you whether or not you are worthy, whether or not you're good enough, whether or not you're okay, oh, friends, that scale's become an idol. In fact, I have coaching clients sometimes to just really teach themselves this, exaggerate this point to themselves. I have them like set up their scale on like a little pedestal and, you know, write something silly like, you know, all hail the scale or something like that, just to really show them in in color (laughs) tangibly that they have made the scale an idol. 
That skill doesn't determine your value. That number means diddly squat. I mean, quite frankly, what if your toddler snuck into your bathroom and started messing with the little calibration thing? I mean, you can imagine how that'll ruin your day. And you didn't even know that happened. Your toddler turned to where you're weighing 10 pounds heavier, right? And most, most women fluctuate 10 whole pounds. Did you know that? I mean, that's pretty significant. If you're the one watching the scale, like getting nervous when it goes five or seven pounds over where you like to be, that your body can fluctuate 10 pounds without it meaning a thing. So my advice to you, my friend, is ditch the scale. Back away from the scale. If you really are obsessed with knowing whether or not you've gained weight, there are other ways to tell, but you don't need the scale. Okay, the next one is clean out your closet. And I did some really fun episodes on this topic last spring. It's hard for us to get rid of clothes that don't fit, isn't it? Oh, I am right there with you. And what happens a lot of times when we change seasons, uh, we get to summer and, you know, maybe our bodies are trying to help us out over the winter by packing on some extra weight just in case, you know, we had to survive a famine or survive a cold front without heat. Our bodies knew we needed that extra fat to keep us warm. Isn't that so nice of them? (laughs) But then you go to your closet, you pull out those shorts from last year and they don't fit and oh. No. So then at that point, you have two choices, right? You can either determine, well, I'm going to get back in those shorts. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to fit in those shorts again. Or you can go buy new shorts. Now, I know everyone wants to make a financial argument here. I don't have that kind of money either. I can't go buy new clothes every year. And we all say that. I, I get it. I mean, I say it too. But at the end of the day, it's not going to break you to go buy one new larger pair of shorts that fit and are comfortable for you to wear. And I think more to the point is if you have clothes in your closet that are causing you shame, if the clothes in your closet are calling out to you, you need to lose weight, you need to do better, you need to look better, then it's time to get rid of those clothes because those messages are not helping you at all. Even if you really are on a weight loss journey, and, and you know, I've done lots of shows as talking about recently as to whether or not that's actually a reasonable journey to be on, but we're all at different places. So I'm, I'm, there's no judgment here if you're on a weight loss journey. Okay, hear me in that. But even if that's the journey you're on, my question for you is, when you get smaller, if you get smaller, are you really going to want to wear those old clothes anyway? I mean, our bodies are constantly changing. So even when we do gain weight and then lose weight again, sometimes things just don't fit the same way, right? And then the other thing is, are you motivated to lose weight by the shame you feel from clothes that don't fit? I don't know about you, but I would never be motivated by that shame. Instead, I would just feel discouraged and be like, well, forget it. Nothing fits. I might as well just eat more Oreos. I'm going to have to buy new clothes anyway. Um, So just things to think about there. Are the clothes in your closet causing you shame? If so, it may be time to clean it out. I'll be right back after this commercial with more tips for lightening up this summer. (laughs) 
Hey, hey there, friend. Are we email friends yet? Because if not, we really should be. Don't you think it's about time? <laughs> Seriously, you can head on over to comparedtowho.me and you can get my free five-day body image email challenge. What is a five-day body image email challenge? Well, for five days in a row, I'm going to send you messages just to kind of get you thinking about your body image in a completely different and hopefully helpful gospel-centered way. I want to see you find body image freedom And the best place to start is by becoming my email friend so we can connect that way and I can encourage you right in your inbox. So go to comparetoyou.me, take the free five-day email challenge, and I can't wait to connect with you there. Hey there, friends. We are continuing with our list of 20 ways you can lighten up this summer. We've made it through four. (laughs) I guess this is going to be a two-part episode. Uh, The next one, number five, may surprise you, but I think you need to let go of the body positivity thinking, okay? Because body positivity in my opinion, looks more like body pride. Okay, now I know you may be thinking, okay, body positivity, well, body negativity would be the opposite of that. Shouldn't I be positive about my body instead of negative about about my body? And yes, you should. God made your body. Your body is good. You are made in the image of God. But the body positivity movement, from my perspective, took a sharp turn into things that I don't think we can ascribe to as believers and followers in Jesus Christ, right? So we are to be good stewards of our bodies. We are to be conscious of the ways that God has spoken to us with different wisdom about how to treat our bodies and how to care for our bodies, right? And there's too many in the body positivity movement that have kind of taken a, I don't know, like give it the middle finger approach to anything related to health (laughs) or wisdom about body care. But beyond that, it's really the pride thing that bothers me the most because I think the messages I'm hearing from body positivity are you go take a picture of your stretch marks, go take a picture of your cellulite. You're just proud of all of these things. And to me, all of these things are kind of signs that we live in a sinful, broken world, (laughs) that the world is no longer the perfect place that God created it to be because of sin. And it's okay that we have them. There's no shame in having cellulite and stretch marks and scars. I mean, that's part of living. We're not made of plastic. There's no recycle like number five in a triangle on the bottom of your foot. Okay, you are not plastic. So it's okay that your body looks like you've lived in it. (laughs) But being prideful about our bodies and the way they look, no matter what they look like, is really not what God has called us to. In fact, in Timothy, scripture tells us that in the last days, men will be lovers of self. And that's not a good thing. So friend, I think my best advice for you is to love Jesus, not 
cellulite. <laughs> like the love your body, like just, you know, love all your flab stuff. That's not what the Bible is calling us to. Okay. If you do love your flab, that's awesome. But that's not the answer. That's not where the freedom is. Body pride doesn't fix it. Okay. The next one, number, I guess we're number at six now. Take the pressure off. Okay. So I'm just thinking generally that a lot of us can tend to be perfectionistic. And those perfectionistic tendencies may flare over the summer. Maybe you feel like summer is the time when you need to get all the things done that you didn't get done during the year. Maybe you feel like summer is this big intensive time where you're supposed to spend time with your kids and make every day matter, make every day this miraculous summer experience. And there's all this pressure surrounding making it an awesome summer. Oh, friends, there's all these tricks we do in our brains, right? That we tell ourselves the way things should be, the way we expect them to be, what our ideals are. But I'm going to encourage you just to take the pressure off. God doesn't ask you to be perfect. He doesn't ask you to be the perfect wife. He doesn't ask you to be the perfect parent. He doesn't ask you to be the perfect sibling, the perfect daughter, the perfect employee, the perfect cook, the perfect housekeeper, the perfect volunteer. Wait, there's one more. God doesn't even expect you to be a perfect eater. Ah, did she really say that? Yes, I did. No one's a perfect eater. <laughs> no one's perfect in any of these other areas either. So relieve yourself from perfection's death grip. First John 4, 18 tells us that perfect love casts out fear. Perfection, perfectionism is fear-based. It's not love-based. It's performance-based because we're afraid of what others will think if we don't do it perfectly. And that's not what love is all about. I talk all about perfectionism in my book, The Burden of Better. So grab that if you haven't already. It's a great summer read, the perfect thing to read at the beach or the pool to help you remember to take the pressure off. Okay, the next one, drink deeply of God's love. And that's going to connect with, with the next one too. But just remember, my friend, how much do you love your own children if you're a parent? How much do you love your friends? Do you know that God's love for you is so much greater than that? So every morning this summer, if you want a mantra to repeat to yourself, if you like saying things to yourself in the mirror, then I recommend that you remind yourself of this truth. I am loved more deeply than I can even imagine, no matter what I look like today. Okay, the next one is a simple one. Drink more water. Did you know that most people are dehydrated all of the time? Yes, it's true. In fact, by the time you feel thirsty, I can't remember the exact percentage of dehydration you are at, but I feel like you're at 70% dehydration or something like that, or maybe you've lost 30% of your hydration, I guess is a better way to say it. It's a statistic I used to use all the time when I was teaching at the gym because it astounded me that once I feel that thirst cue, it's because I'm already dehydrated. Thirst isn't telling me, hey, don't get dehydrated. It's I'm already there. So drink more water. The other thing about drinking water is it really helps you kind of stay stable. It helps your blood sugar stay stable. When you're hydrated, you just feel better. I get dehydration headaches. 
uh, feel lethargic because of dehydration. I mean, it's no big deal to drink more water, right? It's not a hard thing. It's not like you're cutting anything out of your diet. It's just we have to remember. We have to be cognizant of it. That is the hard part about it. So I would encourage you, drink more water this summer. We're naturally dehydrated more over the summer anyway. But drinking water can help you feel better and feel lighter. Okay, the next one is to sweat on purpose, right? Okay, so sweating on purpose, this could be a bit controversial. And if you're kind of recovering from what would be considered an exercise addiction, or maybe part of your eating disorder is an unhealthy relationship with exercise, then please listen to what I'm saying, like in in a broader context, right? Because chances are you're already sweating enough or more than enough, or maybe you're taking a break right now, and that's a good break. But joyful movement is a wonderful thing, right? And so I say sweat on purpose. What I really mean is go do something you enjoy and don't be afraid of it making you sweat. I mean, there's all kinds of awesome health benefits to sweating. In fact, a lot of that stress that builds up in our systems can be sweated out, which is a beautiful way that God designed our bodies to be able to release stress. I don't know about you, but after I've taken a walk and when it's hot, I mean, not too hot. <laughs> I try to go in the morning if it's too hot. But taking a walk like in the sunshine and, and having that sweaty feeling after I'm done feels really good and it helps me feel better about my body. So trying to find ways to sweat on purpose can help you feel good this summer. Okay, the next one is to have a comfortable summer dress. Okay, that's a weird one, Heather, but super practical. Because here's the thing. I think shorts, I mean, some of you will never wear shorts, so that's just a non-starter. But I think shorts are kind of uncomfortable, especially if your thighs touch in the middle, like there's the whole rubbing thing and pulling them down all the time thing, and ugh, that's just no fun at all, right? And then there's like jeans, which wearing them in the summer isn't very pleasant unless you live someplace where that's you know, agreeable with your climate. But here in Texas, that is not. So a summer dress is the perfect solution because it can be long or not that midi length or a little shorter if you if you want to, but you can determine your length of how much of your leg you needs to be exposed, but you can still feel cool in it. You can still get some breeze up there. It can look feminine. You can feel good wearing it because maybe you can be a dress that's okay to be a little dressier, but then if you're at a really casual place, it can kind of fit in in a casual look too. So do you have one summer dress that you can make your go-to item for wherever you're going, where you're kind of feeling like, oh, I might not feel so good about my body in that scenario, but I know if I wear that dress, then I'll feel okay. Because the other thing about clothing in general is it can make us focus too much on our bodies, right? If you're wearing something that's too tight, you know, you've got that constant reminder in your abs and your gut that you're wearing something too tight and that makes you feel blah the whole time, right? Or if you've got something where you got to be fiddling with the straps or fixing or adjusting or straightening because it rides up, ugh, all of those 
those things that kind of go with wearing clothes that aren't super comfortable, all of those things put our focus back on our bodies and keep us thinking about our bodies when we should be thinking about what we're doing and just enjoying where we are and what we're doing. So find a summer dress that's comfortable, that you love. I get lots of stuff on Amazon now, uh, you know. You can always return it. I just go to Kohl's and return it. And then they normally give me a coupon for Kohl's. <laughs> so it's kind of a good deal I've got going. But but you can find one wherever you like to shop. It doesn't have to be expensive. I've gotten some awesome, comfortable summer dresses for like 20 bucks on Amazon, at Ross, places like that. But whatever you are comfortable in, you will enjoy wearing. Okay, well, that's all the time we have for today. I'll come back with the next 10 next time because I want you to enjoy the summer. And these, I hope, will be helpful tips for you to lighten up this summer. Thanks for listening today. I hope something in today's show has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.